Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, May 26th, and we are just over 48 hours away from championship weekend and NCAA D1 men's across. We've got the final four coming up in East Hartford. We've got your absolute wagon of a of an organization. This, this isn't just a college lacrosse team. This is an organization. You've got the Maryland Terrapins taking on Princeton. You've got Cornell and Rutgers. I'm Jordy from Barstool with me as always. We've got Dukes on the mic. Dukes heading into this final weekend of the college lax season. How are we feeling? Feeling good. Uh, bad. I was kind of thinking about it. bad weekend to be me. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily label myself as, a Maryland hater, but I think I might get a reputation for that. So Maryland, Maryland's in the championship about to be probably the best team of all time. Rutgers, the boys from New Jersey, they could also, I guess, I guess technically get it done. Been ripping on them for about the full season. So yeah, it, it's a tough, tough weekend to be me heading into the final four, but nonetheless, it's the final four Memorial day weekend, best time to be a lacrosse fan. Um, but yeah, pretty down spot in my opinion. Not not the most exciting Final Four, but I'm about as up as I can be. No, I mean, there's not like... All right, so there are two ways to look at it. Obviously, the one way, which I, I think is the easiest to fall into, is the fact that Maryland is just going to come in here. We're going to have three games this weekend in the in the men's D1 tournament. we got three games left, and Maryland is just going to shit pump two of those, two of those games. So like you're heading into this weekend and it's like, damn, like we already know the outcome that's about to happen. Kind of a letdown. The other way to look at it is like, like watch the games and, and try to remember as much as you can of this Maryland team, because there's a chance that we never see another team like this again. Um, I don't know. Like with the way that the transfer portal works, like obviously the option is always there for, like quote unquote super teams to happen in college across, but just like the collection of super talent that this Maryland team has where like the fact that they're all just lacrosse robots. Like I, I don't know how another team would be able to piece it together. Like this Maryland team has, right? Like you look at like a Duke and you look at all the talent that they have there, they could definitely add a couple more pieces and be like on paper, but way better than this Maryland team. But I like I don't know the fa- the fact that Maryland found like all these guys to make it happen in the way that it's happening right now is pretty crazy. So like you could go into this weekend being like, okay, we're watching greatness. Let's try to remember some of it. But at the same time, it's like, well, like what the fuck? These games are going to be over by halftime. Here's my counter argument to that because saw Lorikin saying it's disgusting. How no one's going to be supporting the sport this weekend, um, like because everyone thinks that Maryland's going to run away with it. And it's like watching UCLA with John Wooden. It's like watching all these great teams. Fuck that shit, in my opinion. Fuck that shit. Because if you look at it, if we look at it just purely from a ratings perspective, the NBA, like, not, not to get political, the NBA, like, everyone talks about, like, for that period of time, like, from, like, 2016 onward, like, oh, it's, it's because LeBron can't shop. No, it's because fucking – Steph Curry and Kevin Durant played on the same team. Everybody knew who was going to win it every single year. And you can look at it like John Wooden and those. Everybody knew who was going to win it every year. It was UCLA. It was always going to be the Warriors for that five-year stretch. So, like, super teams kind of fuck ratings. So, like, as a sport that hasn't necessarily made it, this sucks for the sport. Like, this is not good for college across. Like, 
the one weekend a year when like big cats, like who, who's the play this weekend? Or like some personalities are like going to tune in. that don't normally tune in. And I have to be like, Maryland's going to shit pump everybody. Like I wouldn't tune in. Don't even waste a nap on it. Like that's how bad, that's how much more dominant Maryland is than everybody else in the field. I, I do think that <clears throat> I, I'd say that the, the tournament, they've, they've got a lot of things wrong this tournament, right? They, they fucked lacrosse fans multiple times over, just no lube, all sandpaper, like, how you doing? But the fact that the Cornell Rutgers game is the first game this weekend, and I know that like Maryland fans and John Tillman all have their druthers with that. They're, you know, they're up. This is like what, like the eighth out of, you know, the eighth time in the last nine times that Maryland's been in the final four that they have to play the second game on that Saturday. But putting the Rutgers Cornell game on the first game of Saturday, I think is going to be huge for getting that audience that we're looking for, right? Because it's still early enough in the Saturday that people haven't had better things to do with their day yet on Memorial day weekend. So like maybe, you know, if, if you're at the beach, like maybe you just haven't gone to the actual beach yet. Like maybe you're still in the house getting ready or like whatever you're doing. If you're going to a barbecue later that day, like you, you still haven't gotten around to like getting ready to leave yet. So having that game, which I think is going to be one, a, a, good close game in general and then two if you can get people to watch long enough to then like be filled in on the intrigue of the cursed bowl where you've got brother against brother keep showing the mom in the stands like that'll like that that game will be good for getting people involved and then by the time then all they have to watch is the first half of that maryland game and then, yeah, the second half is going to be a dick kicking. But at that point, they've just watched three out of four halves of lacrosse. It's not the worst scenario ever. I'm, I'm saying it's not a great scenario, but it's not the worst ever with the fact that you because if you had the Maryland game first and you had that dick kicking, people aren't changing the channel back to e, like, what is it on even um, ESPN yeah, two? People aren't going to go change off of ESPN two when it's a dick kicking for Maryland and then come back for the Cornell Rutgers game. Yeah. I, that, that's a fair point with like the, I just don't, I don't I, like, I know that we're lacrosse guys. I, I want the sport to grow and everything. I don't really think this is a hot take. I, I could see this being the least viewed final four in at least a decade. And I wouldn't necessarily. And, and, and attendance-wise, attendance-wise, I don't. It, it, attendance-wise, the rent at UConn, it's gonna look like fucking UConn, UMass, twenty twenty during COVID. I don't think anyone's going, which is a disgrace. Like the fact, like I, I, hand up. I said if Rutgers, uh, with TJ Hitchings, if, if Rutgers wins, I, I might be there on Monday. I said I'd go support. I, I, I'll be there if Rutgers wins the national championship somehow. I'll be there, but. It's just tough for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to drive all the way up to to UConn just to see Maryland like shit pump everybody. I I am interested in what the scene on the ground is going to be like for this game. Um, like I I know that we made a big deal in our last episode about you know not putting lacrosse games in empty football stadiums, <coughs> um, but like I don't know, not having this, it is weird. Like not going from Gillette and MT Bank and the link here in Philly 
to now a smaller venue, which could have been really cool had yes. there been way more. And like you get a, a Notre Dame Maryland matchup on the line here, like whatever it is, like had there <laughs> been better matchups here, I think that the smaller venue would have been electric had this been in an mls stadium i think that you maybe be able to get more people out for shittier games than sending it to hartford um but i don't know you get enough you get enough lax fans over there fill them up with some booze um i, I do imagine like probably like that it's, it's probably going to be a, a much better time for those d2 d3 games on on sunday for, for sure also like it Will Perry has said in the past, he loved the rent. He loved the atmosphere there. So, like, I even thought the last year for the national championship, it was a great venue to host the Final Four. So, this is nothing against going to the rent or anything. It's more of the fact that Maryland is minus 670 to win the national championship on the Barstool Sportsbook with two games to go. That's unheard of. That is ridiculous. And for, like, if you're not really a betting guy out there, let me put it into simple terms for you. You have to put $670 on the line for Maryland to win it all. And what you get in return is a hundred dollars. That's crazy. Like they have, they haven't even listed other teams yet. Maybe they will over the weekend. They haven't even li- given the option on the sports book to like list other teams. And they don't have to because Maryland is the only choice. And one more thing I'll say, I promise this won't be the last time that I bring up Notre Dame this season, but, but noted the, the, the Tillman quote about Notre Dame, uh, Dan Arrestia tweeted, just heard uh, Terry Foy, Asked John Tillman, which teams did the best job of pressuring his offense this year? Tillman mentioned a few teams in his answers, among them Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, no shit. My, my conspiracy is 1,000% correct, one. And two, I heard that uh, Maryland fans are screaming in the stands that Notre Dame would give them a better game uh, against Virginia. So, yeah. Notre Dame would a million – like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, but uh, we, Maybe not – maybe not uh, – I don't know. We're looking back – we're looking back at it, but like after the Notre Dame game, when they were in a struggle with Maryland, I was like, wow, like they actually played with Maryland. And we were like joking, like, is Notre Dame back? They only lost by two to Maryland. And the more, I, the more the games passed, the more teams got shit pumped. Virginia had shit pumped twice. Like, you know, the first shit, pump, like we kind of like, it was the Maryland first shit pump against Virginia, a fluky one. Did Virginia just not come ready to play? The second one just solidified. I was like, holy fuck. Like, like it wasn't like you didn't come out ready and, or ready or prepared. Like, you just got fucking outclassed. Dude, murdered and, by Maryland. And like these games in May, like you get a ride back goal. It it is just it. I don't know. I think I might have even tweeted this over the weekend, like as a joke, but like also it's pretty, pretty like real. Like it like ride back goals pretty much, maybe not so much on the scoreboard, but like in in the game itself, count for two. Like you get so much juice off of a ride back goal. And there's no other team in the nation who does it. Like there's no other team that has a Kavanaugh and Notre Dame has two. So like you think about what happens in an NCAA tournament game, you get a couple rideback goals, you get a couple forced turnovers. Um, I mean, Notre Dame obviously is great defensively. Like, yeah, like they would be a, a problem for anyone. And I don't know. Now we're just, are we beating a dead horse? Maybe, but is it, absolutely asinine that they're not in this tournament because they absolutely would have had a clear shot to be playing this weekend. No, not at all. Are we beating a dead horse or are we just taking a victory lap for how right we were? Like it's like, it's just, it's just, it just fucking sucks. But the thing, the horse didn't have to be dead. The thing is that Donna went out and she shot the horse between the eyes. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, someone else pointed this out. It's just interesting. Tillman used to work for where? Harvard. What was the last team in the tournament? Harvard. Which team got fucked? Notre Dame. Which games? Which team gave Maryland the biggest scare? Notre Dame. You just start connecting the fucking dots here. You start connecting the dots. It's like, hey, Jerry, you want to get in the tournament? Want to fuck over your old school? Jerry's like, yeah, hey, yeah. I'll take my first NCAA tournament like bid. It, it, the whole thing is just fluky as shit. Um, look, I'm not going to call it, but is this a Mickey Mouse tournament? Some might say. Like, will, will Maryland will, will this? This is going to – this could – this potentially, potentially will people call this a fluke tournament? Um, all right, so I'm going to go ahead and say regardless of who was in the tournament, Maryland was still going to win. 95% re- chance. Regardless, but is it like – is it a Mickey Mouse tournament as far as like the ratings are going to go? Then yes. Okay, so like, and I, this is where this is big of me. Because they beat the two-time national champs, I won't, I won't ever call it a Mickey Mouse championship. Credit to me, but it, if they People didn't, could. if, if they could. didn't, if they didn't play Virginia, oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. I'd be calling it Mickey Mouse for days. Imagine they could have didn't beat one ACC school. That's the only argument I've used for about two years. Like, oh yeah, Maryland won the championship, but they didn't beat anybody. They didn't play anybody, Paul. That that would have that would have been devastating. So yeah, I mean, Donna fucked us by giving us that game last weekend when it didn't quite matter as much. But um, yeah, definitely still saved saved Maryland in that regard. Um, all right, but yeah, I, listen, maybe maybe Hartford shows out. I I don't. No, I haven't really like seen like many people talk about. I, I've I've seen some alumni saying that they're, you know, they're they're thinking about going as as long as like more guys from like their their era are going. So it's not like everyone's like, oh yeah, no, I'm definitely going to be there. Um, now I'm sure that Rutgers is going to show out. I'm I'm sure that you know there there'll be some Cornell and Princeton fans there, and like obviously Maryland fans, but like the casual lacrosse fan, yeah. Would you rather go? watch a game that's going to be over after, you know, 27 minutes or head to the beach for the weekend. Look, you know, I'm not even a casual fan. What for me, what, what, what's my options this weekend, right? You have to look at it for a, your buy selling away. Would I rather go spend the entire day in Hartford, Connecticut, drive back, maybe get home at like seven o'clock eight, or do I watch the games, catch up on my laundry get ahead of the night and maybe the games end and I could go out with my friends right away. It's like, that's what I'm dealing with here when you know what's going to happen. So yeah. You, uh, are you a f- fabric softener guy? <sighs> yeah. When I say when I, when I brought the laundry, <laughs> I came, I came home, I came home because I'm going to my sister's graduation uh, Friday. Congrats, Shannon. And I brought home seven bags of laundry for my mom. She looked at me like she was going to fucking kill me. That's talking laundry. That's, that's talking laundry, seven bags. All right. Uh, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> do you not have? Do you have one in your building, or do you just? Yeah, but I, I was just like coming home. I didn't want to go to the laundromat, and I was like, "You are going to kick my ass," but I'll help you with it. All right. Well, 
Uh, Dukes, I mean, the, the, the least you could do is just, uh, I don't know, maybe put 670 down on the Terps this weekend and then give Mama Dukes a quick hundred for doing all the laundry for you. Um, listen, before these games get going on Saturday, we do, uh, we do have four games or not four games, but two games featuring four teams, the final four in the women's tournament coming up on Friday. Uh, so Friday at 3 p.m., you've got North Carolina taking on Northwestern. Uh, UNC just an absolute wagon. Northwestern getting there after speed wagon Syracuse. And then you've got uh, the Lady Terps of Maryland taking on the reigning national champs, Charlotte North and the Boston College Golden Eagles at 5 p.m. Uh, so UNC, Northwestern, who do you got in that one? UNC. I, I, don't, I think that UNC is going to – is a wagon. Jamie Ortega is a weapon and a half. And I think that the whole nation, I think the best thing for women's across this weekend is, uh, you know, third time's the charm game, UNC, BC. I think that's what's best for the sport. Have the two best players go at it for a national championship. That That is where the intrigue in lacrosse is this weekend would be the Jamie Ortega, Charlotte North matchup on, on Sunday. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, I think the game might be on ESPN too. Um, no, I was, talk, I was talking to someone today. They're asking about her daughter, the, my like uh, haircut person. Her daughter just got into lacrosse. She's like, she's like, what, what? Do you have any recommendations? I'm like, well, first off, don't ask me. I'm legit a bench warmer. But second off, if you're going to be a women's lacrosse player, I check out Charlotte North and Jamie Ortega this weekend. Um, told her to flip on the games. So yeah, I mean, I'm actually pretty pumped for the women's games, all all things considered. Yeah, I mean, both both those matchups on Friday are going to be great. Um, I don't know. May, <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily be thrilled with a with the Northwestern Maryland final. Like I, I'm, I'm not sure how much I would I would tune into that one. Um, but you give me that UNC BC final, I'm in there. I uh, okay. Maryland does look like they they've just been shredding teams recently. Oh, yeah. Shredding. So maybe like they've been like maybe they're they're done with school. They're just focusing on lags. The boys are rubbing off on them a little bit. That would be cool. That would be cool if Maryland, both men's and women's won. Obviously. Well, they did that. I think they did that in. So did I think UNC they did that, that. So UNC did that in 2016. But then I think Maryland turned around. They might have done that in 2017. Gonna have to. Should I check it? Yeah, go ahead and fact check. I, I feel fairly confident that it was back-to-back years when they did that. That, that would be... Because not to brag, but like my high school, we won state <laughs> championship in 2017. And then our girls were playing in the state championship game right before, uh, but they lost, but then they won the, the next year. So Springfield's a dynasty, but... Yep. Um, Wait. Yes, 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 they did. Yeah, just... I, you know, Garden City's won a couple championships both together, I think, too. <laughs> just, just <laughs> uh, GC at home by five. Um, all right, but yeah, so those are your women's games on Friday at 3 and 5 p.m., and then the uh, then the championship game will be on Sunday. Uh, and then before we get to Sunday, we've got our matchups on Saturday May 28th, we've got Rutgers and Cornell, the first game at 12 p.m. Both these games are going to be on ESPNU. This is the Cursed Bowl. We've got Colin and CJ Curse going basically mano imano. Uh, you know, Colin Curse, one of the 
I, I'd say he's like 75% the reason why Rutgers is here this weekend. Um, and then CJ curse has been putting on absolute dominant performance for Cornell along with Piatelli. Um, obviously chase Erlin between the pipes for Cornell has also been also been huge. Uh, but this game, I mean, Cornell, this is their first time back to championship weekend since, um, when was that? Maybe Oh nine. Right. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? That, that seems like a while ago, but yeah, it could be. I can't believe they haven't made one since. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive. Oh, I probably Don't worry, I got you on the fact check. I probably could have researched that before this, before 13, we started recording. 13, 13. Okay. Like, okay. Oh, 9, 10, 13. Okay. Oh, 9, 10, 13. All right. So still, it's been a while for them. And then Rutgers, their first time uh, in the final four as a program, uh, Connor Busick, the big, big game for him, the young buck. I, I'd imagine now don't fact check me on this one. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that I'm right. Probably the youngest coach to lead his team to a final four appearance. Although yeah. maybe like, maybe like Tierney did it in like 53. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, somebody, somebody was like a player coach, like Bill Russell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing for uh, like NYU. You're like NYU had a lacrosse team. Um, but yeah, I I think that this is gonna be this is gonna be just a, a great evenly matched game. I think both teams are pretty similar in the sense where like they both have just really solid big goalies who can get them big time saves and big time moments. Uh, both these offenses mostly flow through their attack. They get some, you know, some help here and there from guys pitching in from the midfield, but like the attacks, the most dangerous part, um, you know, you've got Gavin Adler on man in the defense down for Cornell. Um, and then you've got raw leading the way for uh, Rutgers. So, I mean, a little bit different there with a close defender and an LSM, but you know, both have, like a top tier defenseman, really strong attack, good goaltending, um, perfectly fine at the faceoff stripe. So this this should be a, a nice even match. Um, if we're looking at the numbers right now, it looks like uh, Rutgers minus one and a half on the spread. So makes a bit of sense. Um, I think that they play a little bit faster, which kind of bodes well for this type of environment. Uh, Dukes, what do you what are you thinking about this one? I said I won't ever pick Rutgers, so I'm not picking Rutgers because I know that they're going to lose one of two. They're going to lose. They're going to lose one of these games. But yeah, I think that I think Rutgers probably will get it done. Um, I honestly, I was really impressed by them last weekend, and Curse just keeps giving me the giant middle finger with his play. Uh, he's an elite goalie, clearly showing that he belongs in the PLL. And I've, I've said it, I have said it all year long. I said, if Rutgers is going to fuck me, Colin Curse is going to lead the way. Um, and so far he's just embarrassing me, um, emasculating me, making me second guess if I even want to do this as a career. Um, but yeah, the lights, when the lights shine bright, Colin Curse shines brighter. So <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't be fading him or Rutgers, but I'm not joining, hopping on the bandwagon now. It's too late. So. I'll, I'll go Cornell here's okay. So one, I love all that, but here let's, let's maybe not, let's not talk about Rutgers versus Cornell. Let's ter- talk about the cursed bowl. All right. So just oh. looking back, 
looking back right now on CJ's last few games, so he didn't have the biggest game ever against Delaware in that quarterfinal matchup, uh, but he put up 12 shots and, uh, and he had seven goals against Ohio state in the first round. Um, you know, he's had 14 shots against Princeton, put up 14 shots against army, put up 17 shots, um, wait, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm reading the wrong numbers here. 10 shots against Princeton, uh, 16 shots against Brown. Either way, high volume shooter. What percentage do you think he shoots against his brother this Saturday? Here's here, Jordy. And I, I, I wanted to talk about this. Thank you for bringing this up. You know, this is why you're the best host in the business because it comes down to a very simple fact. When I, when we always talk about shooters versus goalies, I'm always on the goalie side. You know, shooters tendencies, you, you know how they shoot it. You know, their release points. And this is if you're playing with them growing up, your younger brother, who's been shooting on you in the backyard, who you're basically saying like one last shot that he can go in and he, you're stuffing his shit and you're laughing in his face. And he's the last one to get through the door to eat dinner. I mean, Colin, Colin's Colin's like mentally way above CJ. Like, this isn't even – this isn't close. CJ might not step on the field. CJ might, like, get, like, the hoop, the, the hooky-bookies. Like, he might, like, <laughs> get the yips. Like, he might forget how to play lacrosse, not know how to catch and throw. Like, I think this is, like, Colin in a landslide. Like, not even close. Okay, but, like, Connor what if – This is what, Colin versus CJ. But what if – what if, like, one or two drop early and now all of a sudden Colin's just, like, he a little too in his head about it? Because Collins, if two slip by, all right. What well, if 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 one slips by and it's and right, one it, slips by? Let's even say three. He gets a hat trick in the first quarter. Three slips by. Colin Colin looks at him. Well, that, that would do his that would do his job. If he scores one, three in the game, that does his job. No, it, no, it doesn't because for, first off, you know that that could be a missed slide. That could be like defender falls down. So it, three goals is three goals. Don't get me wrong, but we we all know when you when you're watching the game, there's just. There's just plays that happen where there's a, there's a hatchet. Okay. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's not like it's not like he did the heavy lifting and he blew it right past exactly. the goalie. It's like it just so happened. Yeah, that. there's just yeah, so yeah, yeah. He, he, he slips three by him in the first quarter and Colin, CJ's like, oh, I'm my I'm my older brother's little bitch. Kyle's just gonna look at him dead in the eye and be like, I'm going to beat the fuck out of your arm un, until it's bleeding when we get home. And if you if you if you even think about scoring one by me, he's gonna be like, what is this guy talking about? We're in the final four. I'm telling you, just the big brother factor in this. I don't think that younger brothers could get in older brothers' heads. And if if CJ Curse gets in Colin Curse's heads, head, Sean Cork has an issue in cage for the cannons because that you can't you can't have someone yeah. you, like you can't have <laughs> someone that's like little brothers getting in your head. So that, that's like I don't even see it happening or a possibility, but. If it happened, I mean, you, you, you got to look in the trade block at least. Do you think we see any dirty play between the two of them? Like, do we see CJ maybe take, take a quick little dive through the gold mouth? Do we Could see, do we see Colin, do we see Colin taking the ball out on a clear and then CJ just whacking the fuck out of him on the ride? I, you know, I don't know Mrs. Curse personally. Um, I hope she has a fucking thick Jersey accent like my mom. And I hope that like, like, CJ dives in the crease, like upsets Colin. Like Colin shoves him and like CJ, get the fuck off the field. Yeah. Yeah. Colin, CJ, get, get up here. Ass off. <laughs> like, 
like, get up like, here like, like, like hops the rat hops the railing at the rat like runs onto the field yeah. like breaks it up like i need i need some like jersey action i need this to be B- like music like, music tries to calm yeah. it down she just yeah like mrs curse this, is this isn't the tri-state tournament you have to get off the field this is the national <laughs> fucking championship weekend comes down with a couple high noons yeah. uh, <laughs> i will say speaking of the um all right, so we were wondering how the environment's going to be at Hartford. I would have to imagine that the uh, the Bernardsville, New Jersey, I, I have to imagine that town will show out for this matchup. They have to. Plus, plus you get all of, like, I mean, the Cursed family has, like, spread out every, like, you, you've got the Lehigh guys, you've got the Rutgers guys, you've got the Cornell guys, you've got all the Jersey guys. Like there are a lot of people out there who love the curse family who will probably show out for this game. I'll say this too. Just, I was thinking more the casual lacrosse fan. Rutgers, Rutgers will show out for the final four. Rutgers showed out at Hofstra. They'll bring their, their people. Princeton really showed out like for Hofstra, uh, Long Island. But at the same time that it's kind of really close to the city. So you have to wonder if people are going to drive, but you got Rutgers that travels well, Princeton that traveled well, and then Maryland always travels well. So those are three fan bases that you know are going to show out. What I'm interested in um, is if Princeton, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if Princeton, if Princeton somehow got it done, Princeton Rutgers would, would, be, would, be, would be an interesting, interesting little game. <laughs> It absolutely would, but mute your mic because it's never going to happen. No, but it would be. It it would be. It would be very very intriguing. I think that there'd be a lot to to love about that matchup. It's a matchup that we're not going to see on Monday. If I got booed out of Hofstra by Italians and then <clears throat> out of the rent by Italians, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, be uh, yeah. batting a hundred. Um, no, I, I I do think though. All right, so maybe. Maybe Colin has the mental advantage over CJ, but I do think might just have so much thinking, like got, got to worry about stuff in my brother, got to worry about stuff in my brother that all of a sudden Piatelli has the ball and he just blows a couple by you. Um, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I think that this is a really even match game. I do like what uh, Cornell's bringing to the table defensively a little bit more than Rutgers. So I don't know. Like, I, th- I think you just have Gavin Adler kind of bully some of those. Uh, I, I mean, you probably, you probably have to put him on Ross Scott. Um, probably going to be the most dangerous guy on, on Rutgers offense. So you kind of shut him down a little bit, um, kind of tighten things up in transition. You know, if, if Rutgers wants to kind of run and gun a little bit and they're not able to get the looks that they want or Chase Erland's making some good saves, like that's tough on the psyche to just like keep playing that style of game, even when they're not dropping. Um, I think Cornell can be a little more methodical with the ball. So with all that being said, yeah, I, I like Cornell in this game. You know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm taking Rutgers. I'm Sellout. I, I got called a sellout two weeks ago. How how the turntables? Well, you know, Rutgers has just had such a great season. How how could I not take a team as great as them? This is the, I, and you. Everybody knows me. I would never do something like a reverse jinx. That would be completely off the table. So I love Rutgers this weekend. I bleed the Scarlet Knights. Um, 
Hopefully, and you know what? Yeah, I, I would like to go to the national championship with TJ. Um, I think that would be a fun little trip. So, go or you, but they have to clean up their chant. Yeah. Um, also, Rutgers doesn't have any Philly guys on the roster. Uh, Cornell's got Billy Coyle down there playing offense, has 25 goals, 13 assists on the season, absolute stud. Um, so, do have to roll with that. Also, I mean, Hugh Kelleher, he's, he's got to be your boy. Big, big Long Island guy. Um, people, people were wondering, like, oh, I want, I want to see what his football. Uh, two things I had to bring up. One, people asked about his football background. He was a Long Island football stud, running back, linebacker, a couple years younger than me, could absolutely truck people. And his older brother fucked Garden City for a year, and then we beat his ass in the national in the playoffs. And then, yeah, he's just a Long football family, Long Island football family. Every single brother's a stud. So yeah, when he with the way he dodges, you just know like he, he's a freight train. Two, Chris Cotter, the announcer for ESPN. Holy shit, he it's like me pronouncing names. Like I'm sitting at the TV, like you don't know how to pronounce any names. This is the first time you're seeing them play all season. I, I saw you tweet about that. I usually I don't listen to the um unless it's a niche on the game. I usually have the broadcast like pretty like I'll like have like the golf tournament volume on while watching the game. So I, I didn't hear how Cotter was, was doing the names, but was it, was it bad? Like it was, it was really, really. So was he doing the, what games did he do again? So I can look at the roster, see what name he mispronounced. I mean, did did he do the Cornell Delaware? Well, he would have done the second day. So it was the Cornell Delaware and then the Maryland, Virginia. Okay. So I think it was someone on, it was, it, it was something bad, bad, bad. I can't. I can't think of it. What? What was it? Lichardi? Lichardi, Lichardi, or something. And I was like, "Whoa, what?" Like, wasn't even like. I, I, I don't know. Maybe the Jake no. Walsh, I, I don't know. I don't know if the I'm Jake saying Lichardi, right? I'm no, not it's, Italian. It's Lichardi. It's Lichardi. Okay. But so my thing is, I, you could tell me a name, and I'm kind of like. If I see it and I think it, I could. Ch- I might change up the name like two or three times the way I pronounce it. But the Jake Marsh in me tells me that Jake Marsh is like, you go into your broadcast. You have to know that you have to know how to pronounce it in that last name. So oh, I, you, it was you've just, got the big old, you got the big old paper. That's all phonetically spelled yeah, out. There, there was about four names he mispronounced where I was like, whoa, this Cotter, come on. Like, it t- did, like did, me to did say he call, did he call uh, Matt Nunes Nunez? Like, uh, like, like, a, like one unnamed podcaster might have. No, but he should have, he should have. Maybe Nunez could have brought the spice a little bit. Oh. Like the, the little, the little Enya. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, all right. So that's Cornell Rutgers. That's the first game. Uh, I'm on the Big Red, and you are Scarlet Knights. Yes. No reverse jinx for me. All right. Uh, and then the second game, the late game, the 2:30 on ESPN, uh, ESPN two. We've got Maryland and Princeton. This is a game that we already saw, but it was it was way back in uh, in February, so that barely counts. But even still, it was Maryland coming out on top, fifteen to ten. And this time, personally, I think it's going to be even worse. Even though Princeton has been playing some perfectly great lacrosse lately, um, I mean, I, I just 
I don't know what else there is to say about this Maryland team that hasn't been said already. They are a machine. They are dialed. They are so deep and so talented and such killers that they will take advantage and put the ball in the net every single time that you make a mistake. And I think that this Princeton team, as talented as they are, are ripe to make a lot of mistakes in this stage of the game, uh, in this stage of the season, I think that there are going to be a lot of per- maybe unforced turnovers just because they're going to be so worried about um, just being perfect in this game. And the moment you get into that sort of match with Maryland, it's game the fuck over. So um, I think everyone knows where I stand. Dukes, you've been doing the mental gymnastics in your head uh, for at least a week and a half now on trying to find a way to convince yourself that Maryland doesn't win this game. It's the final countdown right here. Do, do you, do you have one more hail Mary for how Princeton gets this done? There's, there's, I'm just going to go through some pros and cons. So from what I've heard, testing the waters, Princeton's starting faceoff guy and maybe second or third string at the time was out that game. The backup had to take all 30 faceoffs. So that's a, li- a little concerning it, when, you, you know, when you're trying to win the draw against a guy like Rearman. So that's just something to look out for. Can they, can they neutralize the draw? If Princeton can neutralize the draw, that, 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 that can maybe set them up for some success. What I also heard, Princeton was very, very sick that weekend. Supposedly the whole team was sick. Not, not an excuse, guy, but that's, that's what I've been hearing. 13 to 10 with eight minutes to go. I mean, if you're talking to full health Princeton team, what happens that game, you don't know. Now, Let's look at the obvious, obvious things that like health doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Shots. Maryland took 50 shots. Princeton took 23. So that means Peters had 19 saves and had a 56 save percentage. That's fucking phenomenal for seeing like 34 shots on goal. So that also, also it was February colder ball. Wasn't going to be moving as fast. Just wait until you've got, I, Actually, I'll have to do a weather report from Harford this weekend, but even still, 70s with the Mayo blasting the ball in transition in the subgame, going to be a little bit different than that ball coming out of the stick in February. And then here's the next two that Princeton, 17 turnovers to Maryland's 12. Obviously, if you're Princeton, you cannot, you have to be careful with the ball against this Maryland defense. They've got athletes all over the field. The, the short stick teammates are obviously the best in the country. So again, how will, how, how will Mer- Princeton deal with the Maryland defense? Um, will they create passing lanes? Will they create shots on goal? You got to challenge McNaney. You got to challenge McNaney. I think that if you th- throw a lot of shots at him, like just, just let it rip, let it rip early and often um, challenge him. Like, I don't think he's seen a lot of shots this year. The defense has been so good for Maryland and, I, I, I say, like, last year I was shitting on McNaney. I, he's played good this year. He's been consistent. One of the most consistent goalies in the nation. But I really think if you put him on blast, if one of these teams puts him on blast and he f- sees a lot of shots, who knows what will happen? It hasn't happened all year. Like, rattle his cage a little bit. So that's one thing. But here's the most concerning stat that, that I found. Ground ball is 42 to 22. First grade when you pick up a stick, any lacrosse player tells you, ground balls win games. And if Princeton, Princeton probably like, if you're looking at it from a team stats like thing, this should have been a 23 to 10 game. Realistically, if they didn't have Peters, 
this game could have been very, very ugly. So you can look at it. If Princeton wins, the, if Princeton gets some face-off draws, can they get enough possessions? Can Peters play well enough? Could they? Could they upset? Could they upset Maryland? No, but they could cover the spread. Okay, Dukes. First off, the coaching heart in me just grew three times the size after hearing you bring up the ground ball stats. That was that's just that. I looked into the game. I tried to do everything in my power to try to pick Princeton. They could cover the six and a half goal spread. Okay. And I, yeah, I, I think six and a half is probably right around where I, where I'd put this one, right? So a five goal game the last time around, I think that maybe both teams have gotten a little bit better throughout the season. I think that Maryland has gotten a lot better. Um, quick weather report, weather report, Jordy here. It's going to be uh, 76 with some scattered tea storms uh, in Hartford this weekend. So I think that's just prime time shooting conditions especially for DeMeo, who can bring that nice hard over the top release um so i mean yeah. with stick with stick stick technology these days um with rain not being as much of a factor if anything it's just going to add to your shot i i think that that's a uh that's that's a nice little recipe for maryland shooters um listen you're you're point about challenging mcnaney and trying to get shots like I like I, I do think that all right. So Cornell or not Cornell, Princeton might not exactly they don't have like a ton of all Americans all over the field, right? Like Chris Brown's a really good shooter. I think that he's a, a he might have ended up honorable mention. Um, so he's gonna get a few good shots off. I think that Sam English, he's just that nice, like quick, jumpy uh sort of dodger who can maybe get in, get himself inside into the middle a few times. Like he'll probably be able to get some uh shots going. I just don't think as a whole that Princeton will have enough shot makers and and guys who generate offense um to really get enough on cage to where all of a sudden McNaney doesn't feel like he's settled in. Yeah. Like, and I mean, you you just like, look at what you have to do to, to beat Maryland where it's like, you, you have to pretty much, I would say you have to at least put up, you at least have to put up 16 to beat Maryland. If you're not putting up 16, then, then it's not getting done. Cause they're just going to be able to keep coming in waves. And so I don't know. Do you, do you have enough guys offensively for Princeton to put up that 16? I, I don't think so, but you could probably put up, you could probably put up 12 and that should cover it for them. Yeah. This is fuck. I'm trying to fucking find McNeely that like shots faced. Cause it, it, it's including that. It's not, it's just shots on goal, which again, the, the, this is getting off topic, but I'm looking for how many shots on goal McNamee's face. And they just have shots faced. going to my point in the goalie challenge that it's just shots. <laughs> this is just helping my goalie challenge case, but yeah, McNamee looks like he, the most shots he faced all year was Syracuse 39 and that was 14 to 10. So I don't know. If I'm gonna. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna go back in the lab. Yeah, but but like, had it been all right. So what game was that? It's, it's got to be shots on goal. I can't find it, but it's yeah, but, be but, shots on goal. All right, but either way, so like for but like had whoever that game was again, like had they put up twelve goal, like it would have been sixteen to twelve. 
Like it, it like yeah. like Mar- like Maryland just knows when they have to pounce and when they have to attack and when they need to put a team away, and, unless it's Notre Dame. And you want to know my second point with this is say say McNaney plays the worst game of his career, and Tillman's like, this is nothing against you, but we're, we're trying to win a national championship. I, I have to pull you. It's it's seven five, and we're winning with in, in the second quarter. Okay. They'll they'll just put in the backup, uh, who is like an Under Armour All American, and forget what his name is. But they'll, they'll be just fine. It'll probably be like be like an upgrade or some shit. Like that's just what Maryland does. Yeah, I mean, I still think that McNaney could have a terrible game and stay in the whole time, and Maryland still wins just because Drew Morris. <laughs> yeah, Drew Morris could happen. Okay, yeah, easily. Like, I don't know. Um, but- also, not not a huge Sandoval performance last weekend against Yale. No, awful, 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 so... awful. But they have they have three guys. So the fact that you could throw three different techniques at them, three different people, like you, you don't know. Faceoff guys are weird. Some people just get the better of others. Like you were, I think you were a little shocked by Petey's performance against Weirman, where. Love Petey, but I think that it was. I mean, I, I know I, I I would have been shocked about it in last year's national championship game. Not as much. Okay. Maybe maybe all right. Maybe I was shocked that it was such a, a drubbing. Yeah. But like, like I remember I, we I, kind I, of I, I thought yeah I thought it maybe would have been like that like sixty forty as opposed to uh, what were the final numbers in that it, it, so yeah so like more of like it was more seventy thirty and like yeah. that's generous stat keeping. Um, I don't know. Again, I, I just feel like this Maryland team, they know where the finish line's at and they're not going to jog through that finish line. It's just a full blown sprint. And unfortunately Princeton's in their path. Um, again, I, so yeah, like ground balls, like whatever. I think that this game comes down to unforced turnovers. And I, I think that the more that Princeton racks up, the more that those end up in the back of the net for Maryland. And I don't know, just, I, I, I don't think that it's Princeton's time yet to be able to keep this one close enough that people are like, Oh yeah, they gave them a good game. I just, yeah, I agree. It's, it's Maryland. But again, if Princeton. Six and a half is big. I'll, I'll. If Princeton I'll, wants any I'll, chance I'll, of covering. I'll go ahead. Spread. I'll go ahead and charity. Charity a uh, plus six and a half for Princeton. Although I don't feel comfortable with that at all. I I can easily see a a nineteen to seven game. Yeah, I think that. I mean, obviously Princeton, if they, like if they want any chance of covering, they're going to have to put the, put the ball in the back of the net, stop Maryland from scoring goals. And if there's a ride, you're going to have to score off those rides. If there's a- any sort of penalty, you're going to have to capitalize on extra man. There's just you have to play the perfect game. You have to play the perfect game. You, you Clear have the ball to, well. Ride the ball well. Like you, you can't, you can't get out hustled. You have to play the perfect game, and even your perfect game still might not be enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Friday Night Lights, Mike Winchell. Like you, you could be. You're playing Dallas Carter, baby. You're playing Dallas Carter. You're right. You're in the like the Alamo Dome, and you, the the lights are bright. Everyone's watching, and. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think we're both on the same page, Maryland. Yeah. Um, oh, all right. Oh, uh, just because I forgot to, we were talking about before the show, is, is there anything else going on? And there's, there, there's one, there's one big news in the cross. 
Yeah, go for it. John Crowley. Oh, yeah. Just got introduced as, you know, we're just chalking Maryland, the rival of Johns Hopkins, hired as the OC at Hopkins. First, I just want to say that he'll, he'll, he'll be a great head co- coach in about a couple of years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's uh, definitely definitely one of the best young minds in the game. Guy, uh, I mean, I, I, you look at the way that Bobby Benson's career has panned out. Like, I think I don't see why John Crowley like can't be that same type of guy in a few years. Um, it is interesting where like it, it looked for a while. Like uh, so when Hopkins, when they were doing their initial head coaching search, were, were they were they actively like not going after? Hopkins alums for that position like wasn't there something wasn't that like why they weren't talking to Scott Marr about that job opening and then to bring it is do you think that that's a Hopkins hire or a Milliman hire probably a Milliman hire to bring in his own OC so this is all this is all just hearsay okay let's just say hypothetically that you brought in Milliman you were outside. You, you, the person hired Milliman was outside of the organization. wasn't a, wasn't a really a, a Blue Jays person through and through. And let's just say a couple Hopkins alumni who are prominent felt a little disconnected to the program because Milliman wanted to do it. His also the tradition upset a lot of people at Hopkins in the past couple of years. And now he knows that like his job's kind of on the line. What would you do? Would you kind of call a young, bright-minded coach to come in and maybe restore some of that, like? power with the alumni and maybe restore that trust in the recruits or would you go higher outside of the, uh, the family again? Cause I think that it's like, um, the, like the Duke brotherhood for basketball. And they talk about it's a brotherhood you hire within like old coaches, old, old players. Um, so I, I definitely I, like hypothetically again, if yeah, the alumni just, just, were mad at Milliman, I, I would have hired a nice young, bright-minded coach. Yeah. Hypothetically. It's interesting how your your Wi-Fi was cutting out a little bit as you were saying all that, almost as if was it the, almost as if the Hopkins alumni is listening right now and they think that you're a little little too close to the. Did that? Did, did should I say it again? No, 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 no. I, I think people got, hypothetically, I, if yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think that that's huge for Hopkins. I like. I think like I, I was a little bit worried about like losing Junior because. Like again, you're you're losing one of the best lacrosse minds on the planet. Um, but you fill that in with Crowley and like so what he's gonna do not only for that uh for that offense, but also for um you know just just the alumni relations. I, I think that that's that's huge. Um now as as far as uh I mean I mean anything else to talk about, like we the D2, D3 games, um, I gotta be honest, like I didn't quite get a chance uh to follow these tournaments like at all um just because you know been been busy been busy coaching uh some 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 high school lacks and obviously covering the d1 game but uh i mean these d2 games so we've got i mean dude tampa has been i I just i just hear that tampa's just been fucking people up left and right so we've got uh tampa taking on mercy uh, Mercy gets there after a double overtime win against Lemoyne. Let, let me just pull up. All right, so Tampa, they're twenty and zero on the season, and they're going to go twenty one and zero. Yeah, looks like looks like they're just going to go twenty one and zero. Shout out to Owen Miller. 
on on Tampa's roster. Uh, Philly, uh, Lancaster guy, but uh, good good friends with his brother Quint. So oh, nice. uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be riding for Tampa pretty heavily in that one. Uh, I mean, you just said that they'll go twenty one and zero. Have Have you got a chance to look at any of those games? I just know that Tampa probably has the most D one players in the roster, so I'll go with them. They're Tampa. You could probably put as like an MCLA All Star team. Well, yeah, I mean, does Tampa not have like? Don't they bring in like a hundred kids per recruiting class? Yeah, yeah, and then D three, I like somewhat paid attention to. Um, RIT kicked the shit out of Tufts. Union beat York. I know York upset. Who they upset going to go into it? Um, uh, they beat Christopher, uh, Newport. Christopher Newport. Yeah, Christopher I mean, Newport. I'm I'm always gonna root for the. Uh, for the for the PA team, so I was I was hoping that York was going to get that done, even though I've gotten my ass kicked by York before. Um, yeah, I mean Union RIT. I mean for a good pal Jerry Reganese, gotta gotta keep rolling with the Tigers. My my best friend went to Union, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to roll Union. Uh, well, Jerry. Um, Jerry, I'm sorry. It's just Union's I, time. I consider Jerry my best friend. I don't know if he <laughs> if he reciprocates. <laughs> and then. Um, Oh, I think the last thing that happened in lacrosse news, the A-10 got lacrosse, SoCon folded. Um, look, again, this is all just hearsay, but I- I've been hearing that Tillman is doing everything in his power to keep Dayton from joining the lacrosse team next year because he's scared that they're going to win the national championship and become the first program to do so in their first year. To that, I say, Tillman, you're a pussy. Face the heat. Put Dayton on the schedule. Come to, come to, come to Dayton. Throw the game. I'm challenging you. I mean, Dayton would just be transfer you right off the bat. <laughs> it's going to be a hot spot. I'm going to start an NIL incentive, sending kids from Long Island and Philly. I'm going to start going into Philadelphia homes. With like, I'm going to be like the bag man. You're like, Why all of a sudden are these Philly kids all going, all going to Dayton, Ohio? I'm like, do you guys like to drink? Yes. Do you guys like lacrosse? I, I, I legitimately think so. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Dukes will do your laundry for life if you go to Dayton. Legitimately, I will set up a laundry service for you guys. <laughs> I will have like you guys can have anything. I'll get like you interconnected with the fraternity, so like pledges bring you guys food. I'm gonna have a whole system going on. It's gonna be sick. All right. Well, Tillman, enjoy the ride while you can, because it's yeah, uh, buddy. Because we're gonna. Oh yeah. my god. Oh my god. I challenge John Tillman. You know. You know. There was one great coach. For, he went to the school called Princeton. His name might be, might know him, Bill Tierney. And, and he, he exceeded expectations at Princeton. His next goal was to grow the game out in Denver. Tillman, it's on you, buddy. How much do you love the game? How much do you want to grow the game? Come to Dayton, start the program, grow the program, win us a national championship, and be a hero. Don't do it for you. Is there, is there an Don't Apple do store? Is- do, it for, do it for the game of lacrosse. Is there an Apple store on, on campus so he can just keep upgrading the iPad? Oh, yes. Yes. Dayton, we have a GE on campus. So anytime it breaks, I'm pretty sure the engineers can fix, fix it. Um, if you want um, a national championship, I mean, Dayton's going to be in one year next year. We're going to win the national championship in basketball <laughs> and lacrosse. It's sick. Sorry, Maryland fans. Mar- the Maryland is over party starts on – Monday at about 5.05 p.m. That's why they haven't, Dayton hasn't announced that they're playing next year. They're waiting for Tillman to win the national championship this year and then leave. <laughs> it's going to be sick. Jordan, you think – everyone's going to call me crazy. Watch. Watch it happen. 
challenge you, Tillman, how much you love the game of lacrosse. Grow it. Will he have a Dayton hat on at the uh, post-game presser? Some are saying. Some are saying to check underneath the shirt. So we'll see about that. I'm just wondering after the game, will he wear the national championship shirt or the Dayton Flyer shirt? All right. Well, so we've got uh, Friday, we've got the ladies game. Saturday, we've got the men's D1 games. Uh, Sunday, we've got the men's D2, D3 games, as well as the ladies national championship. Hopefully that is going to be UNC and uh, Boston College. Uh, We'll get back here after the games on Saturday. So we'll probably have a, a recap um, on Sunday of, of the semifinal games uh, either late Saturday night or early Sunday morning. We'll have those back. So make sure that you're checking back. Also make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. We are the freeze dive on YouTube. Uh, I don't know where our numbers are at right now, but let's just rack those numbers up before these games get going this weekend, huge weekend for the cross huge summer coming up for the game with the PLL coming up. Uh, so get on board with YouTube, make sure that you are subscribed uh, on all these platforms as well as following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the crease dive on both uh, Dukes. Any closing remarks before we get out of here? Um, thank you for tuning in. We're excited for this weekend. If I see you Monday, holla at me. Rutgers fans, you can flip me off, but should be a good weekend for lacrosse. I'm excited for it. All right. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out. Well, they blew up a chicken man in Philly last night. And they blew up his house, too. Down on the boardwalk, they're ready for a fight. Gonna see what them racket boys can do. Now there's trouble busting in from out of state. And the DA can't get no relief. Gonna be a rumble on the promenade. And the gambling commissioner's hanging on by the skin of his teeth. Everything dies, baby, that's a fact. Maybe everything that dies someday he comes back. Put your makeup on, fish your hair up pretty, and meet me tonight in Atlantic City.